Welcome, everyone, to the Austin J. Haynes Show. I want to welcome you in, and we have a great show planned for you. But I wanted to start with a question as we're tuning in, whether you're live or on the playback. Chances are there's an area of your life that you've been wanting to reset. And sometimes when there's that area, we kind of look the other way a little bit, like we're, we're focused over here and we're, we're hustling and we're working on our to-do list. But then there's this area over there. You're like, I got to get to that. You might, you might be saying that to yourself. Like I got to get to this area. I really want to incite you tonight through today's show to, to look at that, to look at that area that you want to reset. And in line with that, maybe there's a, a detriment, something holding you back, maybe a disability of some sort. We're going to dive headfirst into that. But first, let me welcome my beautiful co-host, Dr. Andrea Adams-Miller from the Red Carpet Connection. And I kind of am in a sea of red here, Dr. Andrea, as I'm looking at you tonight. <laughs> well, thank you. It's actually coral when you're here, but I think because when I show up, it uh, automatically just goes to red to match me. <laughs> well, I'm in, I'm in blue and I'm going to put my hat on tonight because this is Costa Rica, stands for Pura Vida. And I'll stay tuned for what that means because we have a exciting announcement. Some of you already know, but we're going to Costa Rica. So I'm going to be talking about that. Sure. But Dr. Andrea, let me just check in with you as we kick off today, where we focus on the life reset, midlife or other. And where does today find you? And is there something you're working on to reset? Uh, well, I feel like I'm in constant reset because <laughs> right. uh, the, the more I learn and the more I know since I'm versed in multiple topics and multiple things that I kind of, you know, I master one thing and then I want to learn something else. And now that I've been studying quantum physics and more about uh, neuroscience, um, you know, I'm learning on, on a weekly basis more things that I didn't know that were possible to us and, and different explorations of the mind and the brain. And as I'm discovering these things, I'm seeing opportunities to release things, to let things go, to bring new things in. And it really is, um, I, I kind of feel like a uh, maybe I need to be on, on my life is on a merry-go-round. So I just need to spin it every week because every every week it seems like there's a new view. And so there's new things to take um, take into view and, and new things to leave behind. That That's great. You just reminded me. I think this is going to fit with tonight's show because when I did the Power of Pure Presence on Sunday, if you don't know about that, that's a, that's a podcast and a show called Power of Pure Presence. And I talked about connection. And when you talked about quantum physics, there's this thing called entanglement. Mm. And I talked about that, how two particles can be connected, even if they move them far apart. When you move one, the other one moves, yeah. regardless of the distance. So there's this idea of connection. If two particles can stay connected, you know, are we connected? Are, are we connected, like you mentioned, in our body? So our, fir our first guest, Yuli Smirnov, is going to talk about that. The, the connection that that could, can we operate from a better place? Mm. And so I'm excited to, to get into to that connection element. And then I'm going to let you talk about our second guest who will be joining us around half past the hour. But uh, another thing about overcoming disabilities, so I know you, you've 
you know, you know Doug's partner, and we're going to be learning about him tonight, Mr. Doug Cornfield. Sounds lovely. Yeah, so uh, we, we, let's jump in because I know we're going to be packed here tonight with great content. I want to encourage you. Let me just, before we get to our guests, I want to welcome in all of our audiences. I want to welcome you in tonight, whether you're Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, Roku. You might be getting this on Facebook. You might be getting this on LinkedIn. You might be getting this on YouTube. But always welcome you to type something in that, that moves you. If you want to give a shout out your city where you're listening from, you're welcome to do that. And if you're bold and you want to put in what area you're focused on, please put that in the comments because maybe we can integrate that into the show real time and we can make it relevant for you right now uh, rather than waiting. So uh, I'm excited to get into the show. And th the first guest I want to introduce is Yuli Smirnov. I met Yuli through another networking group. We, we stayed in touch and I learned about something. And Dr. Hunter, you may know about this, but so somatic coaching, have you heard of I this? I do. I'm familiar with it. Yeah. So it's a beautiful it, thing. So I'm excited about that. Yes. Yeah, so I'm sure you'll have a lot to add on this, mm -hmm. and, but it talks about that connection, which I, I learned about, but Yuli is a very, you're going to feel her presence. Uh, she's got a beautiful presence and I'm just going to read a little bit out of her bio here. Uh, the, one of the many roles is that's um, unfolding. She's an immigrant, immigrant parents, spouse. She's Ukrainian, Russian, Jewish, businesswoman, performance coach, musician, poet, <laughs> meditator, outdoor enthusiast, and some other words in here, which <laughs> I won't get into all of it, but it's, it's a very long bio. She's multilingual. She's an activist. And she dreams of driven, dr uh, living in a world amongst an awakened, embodied humanity. In seeking to realize this dream, Yuli has uncovered that the surest way to take care of the universal need for dignity, belonging, and safety in self and others is to deepen connection with the vital source of energy that animates and all the that animates Yuli and all those who come in contact with her. So she's inspired to, uh, to actively collaborate with the forces of creation and uh, bring more in authentic alignment from a place of structural integrity. You see the, the depth of this, Dr. Andrea, you feeling this? Yeah, definitely. By working through the body as the self. Uh, she lives in California, in the central coastal area, and I love. She's a. Uh, she has two children, two mildly wild cats, no, mildly wild, and a very tame dog. So I know this is going to be be uh, some interesting discussion tonight. So help me welcome Yuli Smirnov, all the way from California. <laughs> welcome. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Are you reading back? Is that <laughs> always funny to hear someone reading back my words? Just and, and just reading that, like I'm just realizing the depth you have. I mean, your depth is incredible. Uh, so I'm I'm eager to to learn more. I, I when I learned when we spoke before, I learned about it's a big deal to me that you your parents were immigrants. There's a lot of history there. You're, you're welcome to talk about that yeah. and all the 
that you're bringing to the world right now. It takes, a, you know, I always feel it takes a lot of courage to step up and, and do this work. And so you are doing that. So I just want to give Dr. Andre an opportunity to say hello, and then I'd like to jump into your story. Yeah, and, and um, your your background uh, certainly fits you. You know, I, I love the the greenery. You know, you can see very much nature based behind you, <laughs> so it definitely reflects your personality. A fun, so uh, so I'm I'm super glad that you're here and excited to hear about all the different elements that you're going to be sharing with us. So before we jump into your story, I would like to ask what what's like what's real in this very moment as you're getting ready for this show. Like what like what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Yeah, I'm in a state of kind of curiosity and anticipation. I've never really done any kind of live broadcasting before, so that's very interesting to me and new. And um, I'm inspired by the work that you do. I've been checking out your episodes. I'm excited about the other guest that's going to be on the show today. I've been checking out a little bit about him. So um, just curiosity and openness over on my end. Beautiful. Let's uh, let's get in because I like to start with the context. I want to give the listeners like who you are, like where you came from. To me, that's important, you know, because it makes up how we got here. And I want to learn how you got here. Like what? Because I always say we're on this interview now. But what people can't see is the the thousands of little things that happened, the decisions, the things that didn't go right that got you here. And I would love to dive into your story if you're ready to, to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, as you read off of the post, I am a first generation immigrant. I moved to the U.S. as a refugee with my parents when I was seven years old. Um, we left a newly independent Ukraine in 94 uh, due to rising anti-Semitism, actually. It seems like as Ukraine found its independence from the Soviet regime, there was a rise in nationalism and national pride, but with that, an unfortunate rise in anti-Semitism mm. as well. So we, we found our way here, and my life has been kind of a story of looking for places to fit in on one hand, and also a story of trying to find a way to fit into the very nature of having to exist in a body, in the three-dimensional reality, which somehow um, I found very challenging. It felt alien to me from the start. Um, it didn't help growing up in more restrictive regimes as a young child. I think that that certainly impacted some of that. It didn't help that there was, of course, a generational history of Holocaust survival and World War II, uh, being veterans of World War II, my gr grandpa was. So that wow. informed a lot of my, I would say, my epigenetics. Um, and it set me from a pretty young age on a search for how, how am I supposed to live here with this? Um, I was an academically gifted child and I performed well in school and my family had a lot of vision for me and a lot of hope. And in a sense, I ended up becoming more of a black sheep in the family because I was so much more driven by this need for healing and not just my own healing, but healing of the lineage and healing of what I saw as so much pain in the world. Um, so mm -hmm. the road 
brought me into body-based meditation and brought me into various somatic healing modalities and energy healing modalities. And uh, that is how I came to the somatic coach journey and path is that I found that a lot of these tools around posture and breath and uh, movement, habits of movement, have so much intelligent design that can inform and enrich our lives when we're using them correctly. And that so many people are unaware and are just living out old stories through their bodies. Um, so, yeah. Wow. There, there's that, that depth. And it's interesting because we've, we've had a lot of people on the show and many, many of them fit the same category, didn't fit into what, the traditional things were. were we're seeking something deeper and and that's where you found yourself and now you go within which we, we you could read all the philosophies out there whether you, you believe it or not it's there's this journey this internal journey that it sounds like you went on and you started to discover the connection of, of the movements and it's interesting because i always say this like is that we don't realize we move the same way every single day, right? And and it just keeps producing the same thing. So I would love for you uh, to, to, before, I would love Dr. Andre to just talk about your story here in a moment. But after, I just want to hear, let people know what is somatic coaching. So I want to put that out there as a little teaser so we can learn about that. But Dr. Andrea, what, what are you thinking about this story so far? What you're hearing about the, the history and the journey. Well, um, the thing that I wanted to respond to the most is I, I hear stories often of families who have an expectation of their child doing something academically, not realizing that the greatest gift that their child could do is be the person who's able to go back and heal that lineage. And so for those of you watching who don't know what epigenetics is, it's that we cellularly carry memory and trauma and all kinds of situations from one life to another uh, through different cells and different information. I, I, you know, I just watched a documentary today about transplants and how it doesn't even have to be your own <laughs> epigenetics. It could be. Wow. Else. Isn't it true? Wow. And, um, and the fact that, you know, you've stepped into that and want to heal has indirectly kind of made you the black sheep, which is like a non-healing, <laughs> you know, it, it's almost right. like could, could cause more trauma could if you do not have the ability to continue to go in to heal. It, it could actually manifest more trauma than the opposite of what you're trying to do. Right, exactly. And that's the, therein lies the journey. But one of the, I wanted to learn about somatic coaching uh, about, and there's something else I wanted to share, but we'll, we'll get to that. So why don't you share a little bit about somatic coaching so people can understand what that is if they're just tuning in for the first time and how this became your expertise? Yeah. So somatic coaching is kind of a rather wide field, even though it has its niche aspect in that really anything where you're using the body to help you achieve goals and move you forward can be seen as a form of somatic coaching. And uh, there are as many styles to somatic coaching as there probably are coaches. Some 
use yoga because that is the modality within which they are most uh, masterful for body movement and releases. Right. Some use dance, some use martial arts, uh, so some use kinesiology. So it can be quite diverse in its approaches. And uh, I'm particularly within the tradition that relies on martial arts as wow. um, a somatic coaching uh, tool. Uh, mm -hmm. Aikido and Tai Chi being the traditions that I lean on the most. Good for you. And within that, there's um, a certain... Um, narrative around our bodies and how they express our, themselves. So the idea is that all human beings have three core needs. They are dignity, belonging, and safety, and that we find ways to meet those needs by our internal survival mechanisms, our generational trauma, our habits, and uh, routines. So we face into these challenges that come up in life and repeatedly face into them in similar ways because that feels familiar, so that feels safe. But there's ways that we don't explore of how we can occupy our dignity, our belonging, and our safety. And within the tradition that I work with, dignity is uh, expressed through the vertical line of the body. So that's how can we stand in our full height yeah, without muscling our way through without fighting and then uh, belonging is the dimension of width so that's how small do we play or how much are we opening ourselves up to mm. contact and connection with others and then we have uh, the depth of ourselves from the back to the front which is our competency and history and how we can feel safe in the competency of our own bodies and also the competency of our lineage and that is the way that I view the body, what I'm working with clients, and that is the way that I look at helping them occupy their three-dimensional reality more fully. Beautiful, beautiful. That That's fantastic. It's really to put awareness around the body and how it's almost like a map. We can look at it and tells us how we're using it. I wanted to ask you, do you recall a moment So something just dropped. Sorry. Tiffany? Hello? Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you again. Yes. Okay. Let me put Dr. Andrea back in. That might have been on my side. Forgive me if there was a blip there. But do you, do you recall a moment in your story where maybe it was through a somatic practice where you had a moment where you had like the light went on? Or was it a series like a season or a something that really you felt an opening yeah there was i would say it's opening after opening on one level but for me a big piece of opening came when i brought martial art based practice into my somatic journey wow. um, there was a sudden realization that i didn't have to have hours of practice to get results that within the martial arts space, repeating a movement five times a day with the meaning of embodiment behind it hacked things for me where I could suddenly face into situations that previously for decades would have made me collapse, play small, uh, curl in on myself, have that chest tightness, have that wavering breath. Even sitting here talking to you two years ago would have been 
not really feasible. Right? Would you be? Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad we are talking about this because I, you, I, I love <laughs> this. I live this. Not specifically this, but I would love for you before we switch over here because I want to give our audience some value. Because you just hit it. You said five times a day or, or five, mo- right? You said five. Mm-hmm. Five repetitions, yeah, of a practice. So, I, I, like, the beauty of this is that most of us think that we have to do all this stuff. And Yuli's saying here, she started with five repetitions a day and it unlocked. So, I would just love for you to share one thing before we get to ready to transition to, to give that listener, where do I start? What do you mean? It's only five steps or like five repetitions. That's not possible. So what would you, what tip would you give them? Yeah. So a favorite baseline practice that I could offer for any listener today is um, the practice of centering in those three dimensions that I mentioned earlier, which literally means You're sitting here right now. You're looking at the screen. Bring your attention into your sensing self, from your listening self, from your thinking self, back into your feeling self. Notice how are you occupying your dimension of length, your vertical line, and see it. Can you make more room from top to bottom? Can you feel your seat? Can you feel the top of your head? Make room between those two places. Then shift into your dimension of width and feel from shoulder to shoulder, from hip to hip. How are you tense and constricted or how are you making yourself big to fight your way through? And where is a place of comfort within that dimension for you? Find that place of comfort. Beautiful. And similarly from the back to the front, feel your back body. Notice that you have a back body. We tend to be out here so much. Come back there and feel your full depth and your competency. And within that space of length, width, and depth, come and feel for your center. Where are you in that? And what matters to you? Why are you here on this earth walk? You could repeat that five times a day. Check in length, width, depth, center. Who am I today? What am I reaching for? I love that. That's a great tip. Dr. Andre, what do you, what's your reflection on this? Well, you know, just even though I'm on screen, so I'm doing it very small, <laughs> you know, you don't have to, you know, fully extend or do anything to make that happen. So this is, you know, very good for people, no matter their situation, whether you're on camera or you're at a, you know, baseball player on a pitcher's mound, you know, simply by thinking, you know, width and depth, your your mind is able to do that and your body can expand with even just a millimeter of a emotion, you can settle yourself in. So uh, that's quite lovely. Great, great, great re- share and reflection. We're going to get ready to transition here. Uh, Yuli, what's the best way for somebody to contact you? Uh through my website, that's www.tensegritycoaching.com. And there's links there and information. Yeah. What is, that's interesting. Tensegrity, you said, right? Yeah. Tensegrity. It's a concept in physics that um, has a system of 
three-dimensional heavy objects held upright by a series of tension and counter-tension. So our bodies are able to remain upright because of tensegrity, because of a system of tension and counter-tension of muscles and tendons, letting our skeleton rise up and move through space in this way. And so when tensegrity is compromised, the way that that object or organism remains upright and able to act in the world is also compromised. So by finding our tensegrity, we can live in a more balanced state in the world. And a great example of tensegrity is those rock towers that you see people building sometimes on hiking trails. Yeah, we got you covered here. That's, <laughs> that's why. Yeah, let me see if I can um, put yeah, this he, up here. Yeah, yeah. So, and so that's why it's on my website. Yeah, you got your website there and it explains it right there. So it's great, really good. So I invite everybody to go there, check it out. It's T-E-N-S-E-G-R-I-T-Y coaching.com. So definitely check that out. That, that is really, really interesting. So we are going to transition. We're going to bring on our next guest here. But before we do, I got this hat on. Pura Vida. Do you, do you know what Pura Vida is, Yuli? I don't. Uh, pure life or for life? For pure, life. Pure life. It's the, really, it's like an anthem or declaration for Costa Rica. So let's learn a little bit more about that.
We are excited to go to Costa Rica to experience Pura Vida, March 2nd through March 10th, and that is 2024. If you're interested, go to the website, austinhaines.com, and there's a, the videos there. You can book a free virtual discovery if it's something you're interested in. Very limited, of course. It's an intimate setting. It is a, we're calling it the Midlife Oasis Retreat. Midlife Oasis, what you thought was the beginning I'm sorry, what you thought was the end was a glorious new beginning. You see, my brain's already on the beginning. So there we go. But yeah, definitely check that out if you're interested in that. And now we're going to move on to our second guest. And it's interesting because I'm going to, Dr. Andre, I'm going to let give you the honors to in, introduce Doug here. But I was thinking when Yuli was talking, I was thinking about, you know, a body and form and, and being in integrity. And so Doug, with his background as a as a, coll a collegiate athlete at, at a high level, probably could speak to that too. As as um, we get ready to bring him on, so Dr. Andre, would you do the honors? I I will, except for I wasn't anticipating that, and I don't have it pulled up. Well, so. that's okay. Then I'll do it. <laughs> I'm like, me, Wait, I can get there. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe let me get started, and then you can jump in and, and finish us out. Sure. So I, I just met Doug uh, through through a referral. And as soon as I saw running, I was like, oh, you got my attention because obviously I've done some running myself, done a couple ultra marathons. Talk about connecting with your body. <laughs> When's this over? <laughs> uh, but Doug was a multi-sport athlete in high school and college focused on basketball. Wow. Okay. And track through his first year at Taylor after a national championship in the 800 meter his freshman year at the NCCAA that's the National Christian Collegiate Athletic Association of track and field Comp championships Doug focused his full attention to running there you go those efforts led to a full scholarship transfer to the University of Georgia how about that where he finished as a top contender in the SEC so we're talking high level here Doug is still listed on several top 10 performances of all time at his alma mater, uh, his alma mater for uh, both indoor and out outdoor track and field. During this time, Doug was a member of the Georgia All-State cross-country team. He also toured Europe in 1987, racing for athletes in action. Dr. Andre, you want to take it from here? Yeah, I will. So he's also an author and a speaker, and he's the director of Disability Dream and Do. It's abbreviated, or their nickname is D3Day, and it's a sports camp um, created with Dave Clark. And, uh, you know, beyond um, his professionalism in sports and his athleticism there, he also spends a lot of time with his family in the family entertainment industry, and he's a senior financial advisor for Merrill Lynch. And with the um, with Dave Clark in the D D three day that this duo has really created opportunities for children and young adults with special needs so that they can interact and engage with professional sports athletes and players and compete with no limitations. And, uh, you know, it's such a beautiful thing. And he's also a father of a son uh, who is without his arms and yet he um, provides for his son and other children, just like his son, you know, with different abilities for them to be able to engage and play and have a lovely time. Well, help us welcome Mr. Doug Cornfield to the show. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Doug, glad to have you. Uh, we definitely want to get into your story, but one of the unique things we do here is we 
since you were in the green room there and you were listening. And this is the first time you're meeting Yuli, correct? Yeah. I mean, I read her um, LinkedIn profile earlier trying to figure out. I just, I just learned that she's way smarter than I am. Uh, she knows way more languages than I do. Um, she, she was using uh, terminologies and vocabulary that uh, never existed for me before. So that's, uh, that's a good start. But she seems like a very bright woman. And, you know, and it's interesting when I ran over in Europe back in 1987, I got to visit um, the Holocaust and I got to visit Auschwitz and things like that. And I have a last name, Cornfield, which has a Russian Jewish background. And even though I grew up completely in the U.S. and, uh, you, you know, it was pretty daunting, you know, when you make those connections and you see the, the ovens and you see all these names and, um, you know, it's just pretty horrific. So we kind of have a, I guess, a similar connection there as well. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And before we, we part here, I got to make sure Yuli knows that Ben W. said you have a cute hat. So I just want to point that out. <laughs> so, no, thank you so much. So, Yuli, I'm going to move you to the green room. I welcome you to stay so we can bring you back on toward the end of the show. So we can. OK, let me do nice that. to meet you, Yuli. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, Doug, I'd like just I'm reading your story. I'm like basketball running like two of my favorite things growing up. So except um, I was smarter. I got my my most of my events done much faster than you did as far as uh, it wasn't <laughs> that 50 uh, kilometer kind of stuff. I've, I've I guess the most I ever did later in my life was a half marathon. But uh, as a as a when I consider myself when I was a true, uh, you know, top notch athlete or whatever, it was it was usually 1500 meters or lower. <laughs> yeah but but uh, no it's it's glad to talk about this and i, I was learning about it and it's interesting because it, it's amazing how life has all these this polarity in it and and here you are this accomplished athlete and then you're you're blessed with a son who has disabilities yeah and you know which kind of i'd love to talk about that because you seem like a very successful in your in your field and then you have this project because of, and it sounds like what I read is uh, you reached out to, is it Dave Clark? Yes. Um, you reached out to him. when. Well, so. I don't know if I reached out to him as much as the winds blew us together. And that's okay. something that Yuli could uh, relate to. Uh, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. You don't necessarily take the ride you thought you intended to take. And you get pushed, you get pushed to take a, a ride. Um, but it's a privilege to get to do what I do. When I left the Merrill Lynch world, um, you know, that was a big pivot of mine. I know in your questioning, pre-questioning, whatever, you know, when you hit that transition, um, I had seven kids at home. I wound up leaving a fairly lucrative job uh, at the time and partnering with my brothers, which was pretty special as well. We ran a small market office for Merrill Lynch right in the small town of Corning. But there was something that happened in, inside of me. And then the winds blew uh, with Bank of America and Merrill Lynch merging that just made it very difficult for me to work at Merrill Lynch with my heart. But uh, when we were living in Atlanta, the quick story, if I can make my stories quick, um, you know, I have this son, he was a year and a half old. I don't even think he was two years old yet. He wasn't walking. He was born with neither arm. He was our youngest child at the time. Uh, so he was number five for me. And, you know, you have all these kids, you're transitioning. I, I, I um, was moving my family from Atlanta to upstate New York here in Corning, New York. This is 23 years ago. And wow. while I was studying for my Series 7 and my 66 and all those dreaded tests that, that you have to take, I was taking a break in a coffee shop and I read an article 
in the Atlanta Journal. I was studying down in Atlanta about this man who played professional baseball on crutches. Mm. And there was a big picture of him. He had won the Heroes of Sports Award. Um, later, I found out what that award was about, but it was, you know, it was a seventeen thousand dollar check that all the ESPN guys and the Nike people were all there, and he was, you know, honored on stage, all that kind of thing. Wow. But I'm reading this article, and nothing makes sense to me. You know, I, I was an athlete at a high level. My father was a world-class athlete, actually semi-pro basketball player as well. Wow. Um, and so he was in the sporting goods industry. So you would think I would know of somebody who played baseball from crutches. Right. All right. Wow. But I didn't. So it, it didn't make any sense to me. I know what it takes to get to levels of those sports. You know, I played all the sports growing up because that's what my era did. We played baseball. I played fast pitch softball. I played basketball. We, you know, I ran track. We, we played street hockey. We did all those things. And so when I'm finding out about a guy who was five foot two with braces and crutches playing professional baseball, it just wow. simply didn't make sense. And probably if there's listeners out there right now, it probably doesn't make sense to them either. Uh, they think it's a, a road show. They think it was a Harlem Globetrotter trick or, you know, something like that. And the weirdest thing about that article when I was reading that in Atlanta is that it said that Dave was from Corning, New York, which is where we were moving. Wow. Okay. And so Corning's not very big. If you're familiar with Corning, it's a glass town. You know, it's, you know, it's got all this glass history. Yeah, yeah. The Corning Museum of Glass is basically yeah. over here in my backyard. Sure. And it said that Dave grew up in Corning. And so I get back to my sure. office and just simply asked my brother, Kurt, I said, who is this Dave Clark guy? How do you know, what is it? And my brother, Kurt goes, oh, I know Dave. And I'm like, well, how, I don't know Dave. What, what's all this, you know? And, and as it would be when I was moving, transitioning my family in uh, March and April of 2000, um, Dave had just finished a coaching career after his storied playing career, owning a team, coaching in, you know, the Atlanta Braves, coaching in the Olympics, um, just all of these things that five foot two guy, you know, just amazing that he would do on crutches. Yeah. And he had retired from his three time championships in a row of coaching in Swedish major leagues and was now living permanently in his home in Corning. He had a home in Sweden and a home here in Corning. So when I asked my brother, Kurt, about this Dave Clark, he goes, yeah, I know Dave. And and then I found out that Dave had taken a part time coaching job at our sister city, Elmira, New York, which is only a few miles away, 20 miles away. And Dave was like a part-time pitching coach for this team. Long story short, I had Gideon in my arms, took my family to a game one night, reached around the dugout after the game. And uh, with Gideon in my arms, I basically said, Dave, hey, I'd like to meet you after the game. And and we kind of pieced this story together, you know, because it is 23 and Gideon, years ago. So the audience knows Gideon is your Gideon son. Gideon is my, is my now fifth of seven children mm -hmm. and second yeah. of four sons. And... You know, so what I saw that day, I see all the time now because I'm with Dave Clark a lot. And now Dave Stevens, too, who was the connection for me to get on this show. And Dave Clark, you know, immediately when he saw Gideon said, yeah, I'll meet with you. But he had a press meeting. He had to talk with the press, you know, after the game. So I waited there with my family. Uh, Dave came up to me, uh, crutched over to me and and we chatted and we exchanged phone numbers. And, and a few weeks later, I, you know, I say we had this infamous uh meeting at a breakfast place and lo and behold you know the only thing i can remember from that breakfast meeting that morning is when we got done dave basically shared with me nobody had ever asked him questions like i was asking him 
and that was the spark of now a 23 year friendship of doing all these crazy things that we do. Um, but the, the questions I was asking that's him, amazing, often, Doug. Yeah. That, that's, that's, I just got to stop there. That, that's amazing to me. It's amazing. And, and I have a good friend who, who is a, he's a diehard Braves fan. So I know like, and he's a baseball fan. So I know when I bring his name up, he's going to know him, but I'm just amazed that you didn't know about him. And then you, not only that, but you're the only one that sat down and was curious enough to dig into this story of what this man accomplished. Well, I was coming from a different angle. So having this one and a half year old who wasn't even walking at that time, um, Gideon didn't walk until about two and a half years. And we have, of course, a fun story about how all that happened. But uh, Dave, um, you know, just when I met him, it was it was I was asking him questions. What did your parents do? I was coming at that angle. I wanted to know, right. here's this very successful person, and I'm looking at him. I mean, at that point in Dave's life, the reason he retired was because of post-polio. It was getting much more difficult for him to get around, and he couldn't do the pitching and the coaching full-time. Otherwise, he would have stayed on the field. That guy would still be on the field today if, uh, if, if he was able to from a physical standpoint. Wow. wow. But So I was asking what his parents did. I wanted to know. And – and that's why he never heard questions like that before. But I was coming as a father wanting, all right, your parents must have had the secret sauce. I want it. And that was yeah. the part of a friendship. Yeah, I'm going to pause here because I know Dr. Andrea, I think, knows Dave Stevens, who I haven't met yet. But I think he's our connection point. So just give him a shout out. And then Dr. Andrea, this is the first time you're kind of learning more about Doug. So what are you thinking about? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm the, the thing that's making me giggle so much. I, I'm really close friends with Dave. I, we just uh, just laugh. At I'm sorry. Here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and that's why he loves roasting like that. Yeah, so yeah. he love that. And, you know, and you telling the story about how what seems like coincidence is this amazing manifestation of, you know, you moving in by the whole idea that your name is Cornfield and you moved to Corning and that's where Dave lives. And then this other Dave Stevens, you know, Dave played uh, minor league baseball with no arms and no legs and no prosthesis, went to Wickenburg High School in Arizona. And then uh, just this couple months ago, um, I went out and helped with a disability camp they were having there or an ability um, differently in, in, Arizona, camp, yeah. in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. And went and helped with that camp and um, met the new coach. Um, um, his name is uh, Carter Crossland yep. who has no arms and no legs. Right. And he is a high school coach right. and yeah. for football. And so, you know, it's just wow. so fun. And when Dave uh, wasn't able to be here and he said, I'd really love Doug to be in my place. You know, I'm like, of course, cause I, you know, take, uh, Dove, Doug, or excuse me, Dave's suggestions, you know, with great heart, you know, of course you would be a perfect fit. And, you know, and I love hearing. And so now I'm, now I'm eager to hear, okay, your son's now 25, 25. Okay. Wow. So I want to know what happened. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. I think in the intro, you talked about me pulling Gideon along and him being pulled along with these camps. And really what happened is Gideon was a big, huge portion of pulling and making the camps available to these families. Um, it's a long story. There's so many stories, but we needed a fundraising vehicle. You know, I'm, I'd left Merrill Lynch. The, the money wasn't there for seven people in the family. 
uh, where, you know, Dave, Dave wasn't getting his coaching fee anymore as far as Dave Clark. And so I come up with this huge business plan of all these things that we can do, movie deals, uh, documentaries, children's books, books, uh, you know, just speaking engagements, all these things that I feel like we can create revenue. And then Dave Clark comes to me and says, you know, what I really want to do is I want to run sports camps for kids with disabilities. I want to do more of those. I said, all right. So we put together the business plan. I came up with a name, Disability Dream Day at first. We changed it later to Disability Dream and Do. And then we're like, we did a couple of camps and we're realizing, you know what? This cost us quite a bit of money, but we had made a commitment never to charge families. So then you got to make that pivot and you got to say, okay, how do we, how do we fund it? And my son Gideon was just a little boy at the time, but somewhat entrepreneurial as a young child. And he literally wanted to take his siblings out and he was very young and he would go door to door selling Dave's book just because he wanted to. And of course, you know, I mean, how, how, how do you, how do you see a kid with no arms come up trying to sell you a book at your house? Are you going to say no? You know, of course he did still get no. So he learned that the, that's a, the entrepreneurial way. Sure. But uh, you know, he started just selling books and then, you know, we needed something more. And what happened is somebody approached me about, uh, because I told you Corning's a glass town. We took a mug, a glass mug with a handle, and I cut Dave Clark's logos of him pitching, fielding, and hitting. And I cut that in the mug, and we filled it up with raw Finger Lakes honey. Ooh. And I couldn't believe how much people loved honey. <laughs> to make a long story short, we were selling hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of honey. And, wow. Gideon, and Gideon has probably sold a million dollars worth of honey. Wow. Primarily to raise money for the sports camps Good that we you. do wow. for kids with disabilities. Not, not paid very much for his enumeration for that, um, but just wanting, you know, so, I mean, really from a perspective, him and then his older sister, too, she was very much involved with the whole process there as well. And it wasn't just honey. It became maple syrup, uh, cheese products from our area, even a coffee product that I tried, even an ice cream product. I tried all these things. You know, what what can raise money for sports camps? And um, and wow. honey became our savior. It became that pivot for the time. What, what a great idea, you know, to have the glass mug with the honey in it. And and, and Dave Clark, that that is brilliant. And look at that. It's that, you know, little I call that a flashpoint. I have a book called Flashpoint. Well, it was the one thing that wasn't in my business plan. Honey was not in the business plan. Right, right. And then then it It became our biggest biggest, uh, fundraiser for a time. Well, this is amazing. Well, uh, we we got a couple minutes, but the one thing that you and I have in common and that I didn't know prior to the show was was Dick Hoyt and that I had the opportunity to meet him and what, what, you know, a similar story, his son, Rick, born with with a a disability and- God doing Ironmans with his son and the running, and you had a ch- you had a chance to meet Dick. You said as well, right? Well, no, he was in my book. I actually never met Dick. Oh, you um, you wrote about him in the book. He was uh, his co my co writer in my pulling each other along book. Um, people can get this on our website. I don't know. You can't see. Oh, yeah, it let me get. Well. What is your website? Well, that one is pulling each other along. Pulling each other along dot com. That the and, one you'd like me to share? Yeah, and d 3 daycom if they want to find out about the camps. It's kind of two, it's our two separate lives, but either either one or both. But Pulling Each Other Along is our is our book. And I also have a children's book called A Pound of Kindness. And this was the inspiration to the Pulling Each Other Along book. And obviously Dick Hoyt fit, you know, he pushed, we actually, we had a pod, we have a podcast called The Pulling Each Other Along Show. 
and we made an exception for his and called it the pushing you long show, pushing each other along show <laughs> um, for that particular episode. Yeah, let me let me pull that up. And and by the way, he did pull. If you count the boat, you count the swim. That, that, that is true. He did pull too, and he pulled a lot of people along. You know, with his yeah. spirit and uh, with all the things that he did in his life with his son, and and unfortunately, Rick just passed away not too long ago. But my co-writer, who's a much better writer than I am, uh, Todd Sivan, had written the book with Dick with uh, Rick Hoyt uh, called One Letter at a mm. Time. So he actually uh, wrote Dick uh, Rick Hoyt's book, and there you go, pulling each other along. And yeah. and that that story is pretty special. You know, that story goes all the way back. There's Dave and Dave and I. Yep. There's the three of us. Uh, there's Bonnie Mann. She's in the book. She's a three-time world champion boxer. Uh, we have uh, so many great stories. They're each individual chapters. Terry Bradshaw, you might know him. He wrote the Yeah, forward. of course. Rocky um, Blyer. Rocky Blyer has become a friend of mine through meeting him at the Super Bowl several years ago. We were on the same press table. Um, and then we just got all sorts. We got we got some ultra runners in here, world record right. runners. It's not all sports. Uh, we have a beautiful story about the guy that created the game operation. There's Dave. Oh, Clark. there he is, right there. Yep, there's Dave pitching. Look at that! And uh, wow, 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 wow. There's Chris Nickick. If you keep going, of course he's an ultra. Oh, okay. So he's he's got a chapter. Is he the Jimmy book. V. Jimmy V. He won the Jimmy V. Award there. Um, the ESPYS, yeah, at the ESPYS, and he, you know, is an amazing guy. He signed with Adidas. Wow, uh, Down Syndrome Man. And what's know, the other website you said? D three Day. So they're both on D3 my. Day. Yeah, I put pulling each other along in D three Day under my name in the in the in the YouTube video. One but D three Day is really what we do. So I'm going to pull that up, but I'm going to bring uh, I'm going to give Dr. Andrea to just jump sure. in. I'm going to bring Yuli back on, who is in in the green room now, and she is listening to your 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 uh, your show. I saw her laughing when you talked about honey. So let me bring Yuli back on. Raw natural honey too. Here. Raw natural honey. There you go. Speaking <laughs> my language. <laughs> there you go. I, I still have it. You know, I've got a huge source. And again, you know, when you think these things are coincidence, we were selling honey, and I couldn't get enough honey because we were selling more than I could get from our supplier. It's not that easy to get quality raw honey. And I was selling with my son and this lady comes up to me and she says, well, my husband sells honey. And so we checked her place out. He's like the biggest honey keeper in, in Finger Lakes. And then when I met him, the guy had actually played baseball against Dave. <laughs> um, you know, he was in high school and, and he remembered Dave playing. And so he has, he's had a real affinity toward us and gave us, you know, just wonderful. Let's just say he's taking care of us, even though we started buying a lot of honey from him too. So well, here's D three day, the website. And yeah. um, I just, we got a couple minutes left here. So I just wanted Yuli to, to share a couple things, if you will, and what you were listening. So what, what did you think about Doug's story? Gosh, so inspiring. And in particular, this uh, idea of embodied living, what I was, my listening to your story was that uh, your life had all of this sports and all of this activity and you had the knowledge in your body how to move and how to pivot. And that when life threw curveballs your way, you were able to draw on that in these multiple ways of pivoting, whether it was from starting that business to make things accessible to children with disabilities and also to make things 
accessible for your family and all of your children and to make life better for your son. And then also using the honey idea, pivoting around there, that so many humans today, even if their bodies are moving with all of their capacity, are actually stuck living up in their minds and they don't have that access. And to see even on that website, the pictures of children, despite the limitations, living fully embodied, that felt just deeply healing and really connecting. I felt, I felt connected to you hearing your story. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it's a privilege to do what I do. We had, a, we had an event uh, just last a week and a half ago in um, Rochester, New York. And there was this little girl. She was two years old. She was walking around, high-fying all the, the guys, these, these young collegiate athletes at this particular event after she hit a ball. And her mom helped her hit a ball. And she's in her walker, and she's walking, thinking very slow and making sure she high-fives everyone. She finally got to home base, and I'm videotaping her. You know, and I don't really videotape all that much because I'm, I'm doing other things. And the interesting thing is she touched home base. She high-fived. There was two Daves, actually, and not Dave Stevens, another Dave and Dave Clark. She high-fived both of them. And then she looks at me straight in the camera, and she just starts clapping. And she keeps clapping, and she keeps clapping. And I even said in the video, you can applaud for me all day long. She was so sweet. She made our day. And you know, and it's, it's things like that, that made us, um, just, that's what makes it worth it. And, you know, and, and we had to make a big pivot because I think the show is about pivoting. And so the honey thing got shut off because of COVID. And so we are speaking events, our honey, all that stuff almost literally went to zero. And so what we did is we had to re reboot again. And, yeah. and so now we have what's called the pulling each other along collective. And I'm bringing business people in together uh, so that we can help them in their business, but they can also help us with what we're doing. And uh, we're pulling each other along in that, in that venture. And so I wanted yeah. to make sure you had a shout out to the pulling each other along collective that we're starting. Sure. So we got just five minutes left. We're going to end a little different today. I'm, I'm going to throw a question out to our listeners, but uh, just let everybody know this is on Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, Roku, through our partner E360 TV. If you Google E360 TV, just like it sounds. And then this will be up on the podcast as well. All podcast platforms, uh, Apple, Spotify, you name it, under the Austin J. Haynes show. But listener, audio, uh, our guest, what are you walking away with today? after listening today. So what, what are you walking away with having this exchange? So Dr. Andre, I'm going to start with you because I know you were, you were listening here. What did you want to share or what are you, what are you going to walk away with from today? Well, I uh, talked to Dave Stevens and I, so I know how successful the camp was and having been at one of the camps, it's so fun. Uh, so if you ever have an opportunity to, you know, either watch on camera or come and volunteer or contribute financially or with other resources to these, these camps are amazing because it really gives the kids an opportunity to show up in a way that they've never been uh, because they're not treated like I have a disability. They're encouraged to go for it and do it. And it's interesting 
interesting. There's a shift within the first, you know, 15 minutes of so the athletes are unsure, the parents are unsure to all of a sudden the parents are like, go, you know, like literally <laughs> pushing their kids and walking away with their hands off and letting their kids do what they do and run and play and fall and laugh. And, and the athletes all of a sudden go from being super tentative to just really playing, not, you know, in a sense that letting the kids push themselves for excellence. And it's a great gift to watch that. And how that ties in with tensegrity is, you know, to be able to watch the kids because the kids at first have different abilities. And so you see them trying to figure out how to hold themselves up, how to play and engage in these different exercises. And all of a sudden, they somehow figure it out. And there's this new way they can propel themselves forward to, uh, to take things in, to catch a ball, to walk, to run, to wheel, you know, or even just to process things by watching, you see a difference and a shift in how they're able to uh, take things in. So it's quite beautiful. Perfect. So we got, I need a minute from each of you because we're, we're getting ready to wind down. So Doug, I'll go to you first. Well, I just want to thank you guys for letting me be in there. Yuli, it's a pleasure to meet you as well. And I don't think these things again happen by accident. I can give you a story after story, including a Dave Stevens story that when we met him, it was amazing. Uh, there was uh, right off the bat, there was something amazing that happened that you could have never scripted. And uh, it's things That's like it. that that keep us going. Uh, we do have an event this weekend. Uh, in Hudson Valley, New York. It's uh, with Hope Week with the Yankees. We're personal guests with the Yankees and the plan is for both Dave Stevens and Dave Clark to be there. And trust me, we have more people signed up than this for than we've ever had before. So if you, if you want to have volunteers, uh, please uh, come support us, uh, find out about our Pulling Each Other Along Collective. And um, that's a huge way to help us out right now. And where's, is that website? Is that a website? Yeah, PE, it's PEOA for Pulling Each Other Along, PEOA Collective. Okay, Dr. Roger, can you find that? com. Okay, that's the best one to go to. Okay, and Yuli. Yeah, I'm inspired and deeply grateful to have gotten to meet Doug and meet um, Andrea, Dr. Andrea, and also um, to get to know Austin a little bit more. And uh, it's been touching to see all the work that's out here for good and especially the concept that so much uh, motion is in place for that embodiment deeper embodiment of um, people children youth because when we have mastery in our biomechanics that mastery translates into mastery in life which i think is a beautiful thing yes and we opened up the show we got a minute we talked about life reset. We talked about having, you know, you might have a disability, maybe it's not physical, but, but maybe there, there's something. And it's just don't trust that, that first response from the world or society here. Two stories. Julie said she was the black sheep. Dave, obviously dealing with your son, you, you had to let it unfold that, that led you to Dave and, and let it and trust the things that you don't know that, that put you down this path, all the good you're doing. So if you're in that place, you can reset. You don't need to accept the initial response or limitation that's happening in your world. You can push reset. You can connect to something deeper and let that unfold. So I want to thank everybody for listening. If you want to go to Costa Rica, go to austinhaines.com, check it out, book a call. And I want to thank Dr. Andrea from the Red Carpet Connection. 
for making another fantastic show. Look for us on the podcast tomorrow. Have a great day. Great night, everyone. God bless.